This week on the show, boys who are having feelings. You know, you see these negative hashtags about yourself and you're like, gosh, you know, like some of this stuff is right on and it's scary. And saying things I always kind of suspected. And so I'll be distant at first because like, you know, girls don't like when you pay too much attention to them. (laughs) And some things that I never expected. I hire an escort named April. We go see movies. She's a big movie fan. I hate to go alone. Stay with us. My heart is beating. Welcome to YOY. I'm Andrea Salenzi. We're a show packed full of conversations about the ways we're awful to each other, disguised as dating advice. We've been called... A show so good, you won't believe it's WFMU. That's pretty good. So, this is our third episode. How do you think the show is going? I wanted a real honest opinion, so I called my best friend in the whole wide world, Casey. Casey! Andrea! You guys heard her on the Home for the Holidays show. She's the one dating the 50-year-old. Oh, I thought that what the woman said about dating being a life cycle was awesome. And that makes so much sense to me. But I thought that guy Randy was a doofus. What was your first clue? (sighs) Probably when he said he's looking for a woman who will just sit there and shut up. For, in order for you guys to really excel, I think you just need to shut your lo- your lips because it's just like a flippity-flappity. It doesn't end. It's it's just on and on and on. It's like a white noise machine. It drives me nuts. And then he said something about you being yappy. I just, I saw red at that point. Talking and talking, yip, 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 yapping, and it sort of put me off, to be honest. How, in this day and age, do you guys still... I think guys have thought that about me before and just didn't tell me. <laughs> I get yappy. <laughs> you, you're a talker. That's not a bad thing. You had a very clean, uh, rural smell to you. <laughs> Were you wearing coyote? Yeah. <laughs> oh I was wearing perfume that Casey gave me. You gave me this perfume, <laughs> and it, it's like it's kind a of great mu- perfume. I get compliments on it all the time. Yeah, it's made by a perfume maker in Kansas City, and it's very musky. It's good. Yeah, it smells very barn-like, I think. It's sort of, it, I think it smells a little bit more masculine, but there I go on my feminist rant, thinking about masculinity in women. Come on, I get yappy. If I've been drinking. Were you drinking? You were really, really lippy. Had you been drinking? Yes. Were you yappy? He called me an alcoholic like five times in the conversation. I edited all of that out. You were very attractive, 
for someone of your size. I thought you were... Um, you someone were, of my um, size? It's kind of stumpy. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. I don't know. I, you're not stumpy. And it's not a word that I would use to describe anyone other than like an Oompa Loompa who was an actual Oompa Loompa. And I wouldn't say it to their face. I mean, you are petite. You're the tiniest person I know. You're, I think you're the same height as my mother. Well, I mean, you held it well. Casey, this is what you were missing, though, and what everybody was missing is that he's just really good-looking. And I think that Randy suffers the most because he's so good-looking. He never has developed, like, a charming personality. Quiz no, quiz yes. It, are we are we that impressed by quiz yes? Quiz no, quiz yes. And, and there's just a question mark after each of those. I know the <laughs> yeah. quiz no, quiz no, yes guy. This is amazing. I can't believe I yeah, met you. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. I created I didn't get any extra money because it's my day job, but that was me. Yeah, so, so there was this part of me after I heard it, and I thought, oh, my God, she's going to call him again. And it's just because I think, I think you maybe sometimes do like the abuse. I'm not denying I'm it. I'm trying to think about who you've dated in the past where I just thought, oh, my God, this is just going to hurt again. Like, every weekend, it's just like you're, you're getting prepared to run back into the brick wall. This is Randy. Hey, it's, it's Andrea. How are you doing? Oh, hello, Andrea. Hey, hang on a second. Can you hang on a sec? Sure, yeah. So I called Randy over Skype uh, one morning in my bedroom before work. Just a heads up for you audio people. I am sorry about the quality here. I definitely had a cough that day. And you can hear me picking up and putting down my tea. How's it going? Is it okay that I'm calling you at work? Yeah, it's just we're kind of slamming today, but that's fine. What's going on with you? Are you still on the radio? I mean, not right now, but yeah. Yeah, the show's going really well. Um, Yeah, and you were on it. Did you listen? Well, I was on it last. When was I on it? Um, it's every Wednesday, seven to eight p.m. So you were on last week. I see. I was going to ask you when I was going to be on it. A couple of my friends were asking. I was telling them that I was going to be on the radio. You were um, so good. Everyone, you were really? like everyone's favorite segment. I, yeah. Wow. It was really special. See, I was thinking. Um, can I give you my? Can I give the listeners my email? Sure. Yeah. All right. It's num. This is spelled out. Number one lover. Then the numerals four fifty three at yahoo dot com. But numbers spelled out. Number one lover n u n b e r o n e l o v e r, and then four fifty three the numerals and at, at yahoo dot com. Number one lover four fifty three at yahoo dot com. Okay. All right. What do you, What do you want them to email you about? I don't know. Just to say hi. Maybe I can. Uh, hook up with some of your listeners. Who, who listens to, to your show? It's all like old dudes in New Jersey. It's, I mean, there's some young women who have started listening. A lot of, yeah, a lot of women are really connecting with the themes. Yeah, put it out there. I would like to see what kind of response I get. I think it would be a good response. I don't know if it's going to be a good response. I, I have to tell you, Randy, people do not know what to make of you. And a lot of people, like my best friend told me I should never call you back. You Well, how could they? I mean, you hear someone for 15 minutes, you can't really know someone's life. Yeah, but you, you, weren't, ni- you weren't nice to me. Oh, come on. I was, I was, so you always ask, I was answering you the called, questions. You, you called me right, stumpy. You called me yappy. No, we're, you know where we are? Right? We're about to jump on the SS female. We're about, we're about to hit choppy waters. It's tough. 
Randy, it's stuff like that that makes you hard to love. Like, it's stuff like that that gets in the way of you making friendships with women. Come on. Come on. You can call. Let's be friends at the very least, okay? And quite frankly, I wouldn't mind getting my name out there because I'm, I'm a... I'm a, you know, a funny guy, an interesting guy, and I'm handsome, and I want to hook up with some ladies. Yeah. Oh, hang on a sec. At 4.40. Okay. I'm in charge <laughs> of the project, so... But, so you know, you're okay it, with me calling you and continuing to get to know you in this process, right? Yeah, I think... I, I, I thought we had a connection that first time. I don't know what went on on the radio show. I don't even remember what we talked about, but um, I'm fine with talking. I like you. Okay. How was your You're weekend? Fine. What's new with you? Oh, I had a crazy weekend. I had oh, a yeah? crazy weekend. Um, well, oh, sorry. Yeah, today's Monday. So on Saturday afternoon, I went to a matinee of Annie, which I think I told you about, right? Didn't I invite you to that? You said you didn't want to go. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm never going to go see Annie. <laughs> oh, well, anyway, um, I went. I had an extra ticket. Couldn't find anyone to go. So I was trying to scalp it outside the theater and, um, you know, the kids were with the parents, the parents were with the kids. So there was really no one else who was alone. So I'm looking around and seeing if anyone, and, you know, I thought I was going to eat it, you know, because it costs over a hundred dollars a ticket. These are good seats. These are about 10 rows back, right, right dead center, right behind the orchestra where I like to be. And I thought, oh, I don't want to go in there and just waste a ticket. So I was walking in, everyone was walking in, and I saw this guy sitting against the wall. Um, and he, he looked fine, a little scraggly, but no big deal. And I said, hey, man, do you want to get out of the cold? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, come on, come on with me, which I thought was a pretty cool thing to do. So I, we, we went in together. I gave him a ticket. And um, what I didn't realize when I was talking to him outside was just how bad he smelled. He smelled horrible. This sounds like he's he's homeless, right? He was. Okay. He was homeless. Um, he really, really, really smelled. I didn't really... Outside, you couldn't notice it, but inside, everyone started turning around. The kids started coughing. Um, and it was kind of a ruckus. But then, anyway, the, the, the lights went down, the music started, and they kick into the overture, and it's amazing. Um, it's just really powerful. So he's fine. He's just sitting there. And then um, the overture ends, and then the kids came out. And at that point, things got pretty bad. He stood up and started screaming at the kids, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. So I was like, whoa, Carl, come on, man, sit down. Um, <laughs> I put my hand on his leg. I said, come on, dude, sit down. You can't do that here. Finally, after a lot of persuading, he sat down. Meanwhile, the people around me are looking at me like, what are you doing? In fact, a woman behind me was muttering, oh, I've spent, uh, I, I saved all year for these tickets for my daughter, and uh, you had to bring this guy in. I said, I didn't bring him in. I don't know where he's from. So, um, But you did, you did bring him in. Well, I, I wanted him to get warm, but I didn't know he was going to start acting crazy. So then um, the first song is, is done, and then they kick into the second song, which is uh, It's a Hard Knock Life. And at this point, uh, that, that's when it happened. Oh, God. And, uh, what? Went, yeah. 
I, I'm trying to picture what's worse than, than a homeless man yelling at children, I'm well, going to get you. I'm going to get you. But no, but it, it, then it, during It's a Hard Knock Life, he just went wee-wee. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Yeah. yeah so, like standing up or in his yeah, pants? Yeah, standing up. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, what is? who is this guy? Sit down. And there's, people are crying. Some girls are crying. And the woman who played Miss Hannigan was looking out into the audience, like, "What? What's going on?" She was great, by the way. The woman who played Miss Hannigan. And um, then ushers started coming by, and they started pointing their flashlight at me, it's like, you know, and at him. And they say, "Do you know this guy?" I said, "I don't know. I have no idea who he is. I came alone." And um, so they started. You know, <laughs> so you just lied. Show. You just you just lied. Yeah, well, I didn't want to leave the show, so. He went wee wee, and then um, <laughs> the uh, he's he, he's being dragged out and screaming that he was Jesus. Oh my god! I know I was crazy, so I just said, uh, you know, I, I handed him my half box of goobers and said, "All right, man, see you later." And he went out. Meanwhile, it stunk so bad that I would say about three aisles, front, back, side, right, left, just cleared out. The kids were crying and all that. It was pretty bad, but I, I stuck around. And it was a great show. Um, the woman who, the girl who played Annie, she was no Annie. Do you know Andrea McArdle? She was the first Annie. That was a little bit before my book. She was um, amazing. So this this Annie was really good, but she was no Andrea McArdle. Actually, Jay Z is going to make a new version of it, which is interesting. Uh, Daddy Warbucks is going to be played by a famous actor. Very cool. But that was Saturday. All right. So on Sunday, um, I went to see a movie. Um, I hire an escort named April. We go see movies. She's a big movie fan. I hate to go alone. So um, this was her turn to pick. She's, she's, she, but she only goes to the movies with you? No, then we go home and do it. But we first <laughs> go to, to the movies. I, don't, I hate going alone to anything, but especially the movies. But this was her turn to pick this week. And she picked um, um, that movie, I Was a Slave for 12 Years, um, 12 Years a Slave. Um, have you seen Have you seen this movie? No, but I've heard really good things about it. It could not have been more boring. I, I must have fallen asleep five times. I kept falling asleep, falling asleep, falling I woke up the fifth time, and he was running across another field. I thought, uh-uh, I'm out of here. And I said to April, um, you'll know where to find me. So... I went next door to the Dave and Buster's and was playing some video games, just waiting for her to get out of there. So she got out of there finally, and she's all depressed because the film is kind of a downer. Um, so then we went home, and we did it, and then she left. And um, I thought, well, I should probably, at the very least, give it another shot as far as the music because I figure it probably has some really cool hip-hop songs on it. So Are you okay with me asking you follow-up questions about your relationship with April and how she's an escort that you hire? Are you okay talking about that on the radio? What, what do you want to know? I don't know. Like, what what drove you to, to hire an escort for the first time and, well, like, make that decision for yourself? To be honest, when I first got up here a few years ago, I was kind of lonely, and I don't really like to be alone. I don't like to be alone with my thoughts. It brings me back to some dark places. So, I love movies, and I couldn't really find a movie buddy. So I, you know, went online, did what I had to do to find an escort service and told them straight out. I said, listen, I am going to do it with these women, but beforehand I want to take them to see a movie. 
And he said, hey, if you pay uh, the rate, you can do anything you want with them. I was like, all right, cool. So um, so you pay her as much to watch a movie with you as you do yeah. to touch you. Uh, to what me? To touch you. That's just a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. It's 180 an hour either way. But you know what? I mean, I, she, April loves it. She's a big fan of movies. Every other week, she puts aside some time. We go and you see April consistently? She's always the one who you call? Every other Sunday. Yep. What's and she I'll like? Get, what does she look like? Oh, she's so cute. She's shortish. She has a real, not like your body. It's it's not that, uh, not plump, but it's not. It's really, really slim. It's like, it's like. Uh, I'm not old, plump. I'm just I know, not. no, no, no. I mean, like, there's an old model named Twiggy. Have you heard of Twiggy? Yeah. Yeah, she's super thin, almost like scary thin. This is what April looks like. She's slamming. But she's smart, too. I mean, she has a degree in English from Tulane. So, uh. That's okay. good. I'm glad you have that. I'm glad you have that op- option for you. Yeah. In your life. Uh, she's. I really like April. Does she, she ever? Does she ever tell you, Shh, "Stop talking. Just don't talk." Does that ever no, happen? No, it's one of my rules that she knows not to make any noise. I mean, the first time we went out, she started um, digging into a big thing of popcorn or something. I said, "Well, what are you? Uh, just relax over there." I mean, I sound like a garbage disposal because I hate as a real. Stick a stickler of mine. I do not like noise in the movie theater. I like to really concentrate. So she knows not to make any noise. I mean, later on, she can make as much noise as she wants. We, we usually go um, either Dave and Buster's afterwards, or we go get some Chinese food. Let me head back to my apartment. Okay, can I ask you a somewhat personal question? Yeah, sure. What's your breast size? <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, There's a reason I'm asking. I, what I I can't imagine what that reason could possibly be. Also, I, a good I, reason. I'm sure you can guess. You met me. Oh wait, you don't remember that night, do you? No, you were wearing a lot of layers. I am not interested in gifts from you. I just if you're if this is going to lead to like some kind of whoa, whoa, who, who said anything about a gift? I just said there's a good reason. So tell me your breast size, please. I can't imagine what this reason could be. I wanted to ask you, I have a Groupon to Bubba Gumps. Have you been to Bubba Gumps? Um, no, I haven't. It's, the place is slamming. They got some, they have seafood hush pops, which are killer. It's, um, it's the restaurant inspired by the Forrest Gump movie, right? Um, I don't know. Then they have this thing called I'm Stuffed Shrimp, which is awesome. Then they have what's called Bubba's After the Storm Bucket of Boat Trash. And that's my favorite. But my my all-time favorite, they have killer drinks. They have a, a drink called the Baltimore Zoo. And this thing will put the zap on your head. Or you're not going to wear or, or what happened to you after this thing. This thing will just drive you nuts. I'm, but anyway, I have a Groupon. Would you like to go with me sometime? If, can, I, can I record it for the show? Yeah, I guess. Are you really? kosher? Are you Jewish? I, I am Jewish. I'm not kosher, though. Okay, so do you um, eat shrimp? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, w- I might take you up on I could take you up on that. As long as you don't mind me bringing like, a very large microphone into Bubba Gums with us. Um, that's fine with me as long as it's fine with management. I'm sure I can do it discreetly. Yeah. Andrew, what are you doing for Christmas? Um, I'm, uh, I'm staying here in New York. I have a radio really? show. Yeah, I have a show to do on Christmas Day. So. Oh, all right. 
people, if, will you be lonely? <laughs> um, no, I just don't get lonely. I actually kind of like being alone. I have some, I mean, I have really? so much work. I get lonely st- so easily. You don't get lonely at all? No, never to the point where I need to hire an escort. So, uh, well, <laughs> men, women don't do that, right? I mean, it's only, I mean, maybe they do. What's the matter? You, you, hey, listen, you pay for it one way or another, right? But um, it's a nice. I don't. Thing I disagree with that. <sighs> Has have you ever been interviewed before? Do you like? Do you realize that this is going out into the into the world and that there you know, could be it's consequences? Funny, our, after our call last week, I was thinking about ten years ago in Maryland, um, I was going to Montgomery College, which is a community college. And you know, I would go out with drinks with some of these guys, and two guys were uh, filmmakers. They wanted to be uh, documentarians, and they asked me if they could follow if they could follow me around. I said, "All right." I got, they got a real kick out of me, I think. So, for about a month, um, their cameras followed me everywhere. Oh my god! And yeah, um, it was supposed to be a TV show. They're pitching it as them. They're going to do a movie. Um, the footage is out there. It's called Randy Dandy. Um, I have never seen it, but I suppose it was like 20 hours of footage of me just being me. Um, but yeah, I have done this before. I mean, how have you the, never the, seen that? How have you never wanted? Well, then they never put it together, but I mean, every once in a while, email them that they threatened to, uh, you know, <laughs> edit it together for a film. I don't even know if I wanted it out there. Now I was doing some pretty crazy things back then. Um, but I, I entertained them. They were laughing. Did they have like a, a narrative that they were trying to tell? Did they tell you their reasons for following? I have you? no idea. I, I think they just were amused by me. I made them laugh. Um, I don't know why they, why they wanted to shoot me, um, but they certainly were interested enough to spend all that money and time. Um, but hmm. I really appreciate you making the time to talk to me. It's so nice of you. And I know you got Quiznos work to do, but it's it's just swell. Thanks, Randy. Hey, um, do you like me? No, I think I've been. I think I've been very clear that I just don't see just a romantic a friend, future here. As a friend, do you like? Oh, me, of course, honest? yes, okay. yes. I like you so, as a friend. So you, we'll we'll talk again. Yeah, I want to get to know you better. I want to hear all about your family and Maryland. Oh, I, I want to like. Yeah, I want to figure out what makes you you. Andrew, I have a lot to talk. Um, but in the future, I really would appreciate if you didn't ask me about, like my. Ask me about my bra size or whether or not I'm a virgin. Well, I just want to kind of keep my personal life personal, especially because this is for the about? radio show. All you do show. is talk about your personal life on the radio. Well, that's like my heart and my brain, not like my body and my hymen. It's just a different thing. Is your hymen still intact? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> you there, asked There's that. my answer. There's okay. My answer. All right. All right. Well, ha- have a good Christmas. And we'll, we'll talk <laughs> soon, okay? Okay. Bye, Randy. Thanks. Bye. Now for a heartfelt dude interview. But first, let me set up his mic. Okay. You are going to want to just get louder as a person or bring it closer to you. It's either going to be more in your mouth or... That's what she said. (laughs) 
<laughs> are you still do that? If, you still that's what she said. Oh my god, yes. If there was a Lulu hashtag for that's what she said too much, I would definitely get that from every reviewer. There's no question. If I had to describe my friend George in Lulu speak, and we'll be explaining what that is in a moment, I would say hashtag tall dark handsome, hashtag three days double, and hashtag nerdy but I like it. Joining me now is my friend George. Hi. George recently discovered he has Lulu reviews. A lot of them. What is Lulu for the old the old dweebs who listen to the show who don't know about Lulu? Lulu is like Yelp, except for men. So instead of restaurants, guys get reviewed. How did that make you feel when you first found out it existed? Weird. Really, really weird. I mean, first you think like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to have any reviews because why would I, right? Uh, and then you text your friend and you're like, hey, I just read this thing on the New York Times about Lulu and I need to know if I have reviews. And she writes you back and she goes, yeah, you have two. And you're like, screenshot those immediately and send them to me right now. (laughs) And then she does and you're like, holy shit. (laughs) To give you a sense of the stakes here, Lulu is mostly used by undergraduate girls. But slowly, guys I've dated, friends of mine, and family members are getting reviews. On the good side, this is a way to hold guys accountable. Not for being bad in bed, but for being bad at communication. Bad at honest endings where honest endings are needed. During the interview, I started to suspect George is that guy who never called when he said he would. So I started asking questions that I wish I could have asked that guy. We start off the conversation giddy and lighthearted, but this interview is going to get very dark soon. What were those first two reviews like to read? The first thing you notice is that like some of the stuff is just wrong. So one of the one of the you know the the app you can pick these hashtags. You can't write in whatever you want, thank God. Um, but you can pick these hashtags to describe guys, and among them, I think there's like 160 odd choices. And among the choices is um, baby blues, which I always thought meant has blue eyes. Uh, apparently, it does mean that. My eyes are definitely not blue; they're brown. Thank you for taking off your glasses in a debonair way just to, oh, just yes. to show me. Or as my grandma would say, debonair. <laughs> it's so that I can't see you laughing at me. <laughs> my vision is so bad. You're a blur right now. So Fantastic. Um, one of them is gets in fights. Yeah. I, I don't know. What, so that's an interesting one because I don't know. It's ambiguous. Does it mean gets in fist fights? Because if that's the case, I do not. I mean, I'd have half my teeth if I got into fist fights. Frequently. Yeah. You're wearing a sweater and a collared shirt. You don't strike me as world wrestling man no i'm not in fact i had a weird confrontation on my block on the way here this guy was walking in the opposite direction and you know you could see that something wasn't right we did one of those like you know those awkward like left right left right and you both try and avoid the person but you go the same way and i was just like oh sorry um and then he hit me in the arm not like punched me but like just you know like hit me in the arm uh and i was just like what and so i just walked away and about three seconds later, he turns around and starts walking after me. I mean, my instinct was never, I'm going to turn around and fight this guy. Like, no, not in a million years. Um, if there's a clear path in front of me and, you know, uh, West End Avenue, I'm going to jog across West End Avenue, duck into a subway, like, you know, get away from there as quickly as I can, <laughs> which is what I did. Um, so, yeah, the gets and fights thing, I mean, I definitely don't pick fights hashtag wimp Uh, yeah exactly runs yeah um no hashtag knows the limits of his own body (laughs) um 
you know, the besides the just obvious inaccuracies, there are hashtags where you're like, man, that that kind of describes me uh, in a way that's not great. And and it's stuff that, you know, you thought either you thought you could like hid well, you know, or or you knew about you but didn't realize that other people could see it so clearly. And you're like, God, you know, you know, if other people can just pick it out of a list from a Cosmo magazine hashtag, like I must be this must be really obvious, you know. So one of your negative hashtags from those first two reviews was glass half empty. Right. Yeah, like a pessimist. And I totally am. I mean, my natural state is to be a pessimist. And it's not like, you know, I don't I'm not proud of it or anything. Sometimes it comes across as if I am. Um, but I'm not. And it's, you know, it's hard to see the glass half full. I heard a quote once that was like, you know, optimists see the glass as half full, pessimists see it as half empty, and engineers see it as twice as large as it needs to be. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I'm an engineer in that case. But no, I mean, you know, you see these negative hashtags about yourself and you're like, gosh, you know, like some of this stuff is right on. And it's scary. And so you think, you're like, man, like, if you go out to brunch with your friends or lunch or dinner or whatever and say, hey, guys, you know, like, what do you, you know, what do you think? Like, give me your honest opinion. You'll get, I mean, the closer your friend is, the more honest they'll be, hopefully. I don't think you'll get stuff stuff like this. So it's really fascinating. Before your article went up, you had two reviews. Mm -hmm. And since the article, you now have 14 reviews. So that means that someone has reviewed me in the last hour? Six minutes. Oh, dear someone God. reviewed you six minutes ago, and it was not me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just going gonna, gonna to give you a moment with, with my phone. Okay, Jesus. Hashtag no comment. What is that? That's the only option if you don't want to say anything mean. Oh, I see. Hot friends. Hey, my friends will like that. There were a lot of hot friends in there. Great, good. There was also loser friends. Oh, good. Oh, wait, this is the same person. Hot friends and loser friends. So hot loser friends. I disagree with the loser friends. Yeah. My friends are awesome. (laughs) I also hear they're hot. What's EDM groupie? Electronic dance music. What? I mean, only when I run. (laughs) How would this person know that? Obsessed with his mom? There was there were a couple trust fund babies in there. Is that related? No. Definitely not a trust fund baby. Will carry your luggage. Grows his own vegetables. Not true. Trekkie. Nope. Never seen a full episode of Star Trek. That could be code for a little nerdy. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely a nerd. That's true. Watches sunsets. Three-day stubble. I, I have that right now. That is true. Oh, you know what you had a, at least twice on there? Was hashtag porn educated. Oh, dear God. Yeah. God. What do you think that means? How would you interpret that? Uh, what it sounds like, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sucks at sex, I guess. Oh, these are harsh. What what hurt? What was the thing that just bit you? Uh, there's one here that's uh, total fucking dickhead. That was one of the earlier ones yeah, too. Right. Total yeah. F word D head. Yeah. Um, that's not my first impression of you. Why do you think people would feel that? Um, 
because there are times when you are, you know, there are times when you are. I did an interview earlier today with a guy and we were talking about how do you, how could you do a breakup better? And he's like, there's just no way you could, you could sugarcoat a breakup in whatever words you want to say. But the moment you realize you're not right with someone, there's no way out of hurting their feelings. That's true. There are worse ways, though. Like, there is a, there's no good way, but there are bad ways. I wonder what a hookup is defined as. I can tell you. It would be um, went beyond kissing. That's how I define hookup. Mm. Seven hookups. That's high. So, and one thing I was thinking of was, like... I've not hooked up with that many people and in my life this if people keep reviewing me soon the number of hookup reviews will be higher than the number of actual hookups I've had which is interesting hmm. what if we lower the definition to made out I mean then it's a little higher but not appreciably you know the potential for abuse is high and that's true with all these things of course you know there are people who will just go on it for fun and give you a bad review um, but then there are accurate things, too. Also, you are going through something right now that I would never like to experience. I don't have the self-control not. If, like, this existed for women, I do not have the self-control not to put myself through what you're doing right now. But I would hate the moment that you're in right now. So I am so sorry I'm doing this to you. That It's fine. I'm doing this to myself as well. I mean, there's a point to this is that, like, you know... If I didn't want to know, I just wouldn't look. But I want to know. Not to torture myself, but because, like, I mean, some of the shit I've done to people. And, like, yeah, I've been a dick. Never on purpose, but that's a lovely excuse, right? But, you know, it sucks now. But I think it'll be good later. What was the conclusion of your piece, the Huffington Post piece? It was the same. It was like, you know, yeah, you take these things with a grain of salt. But there are things that you recognize about yourself in some of these reviews. And those things that you already knew, you already knew about yourself. This isn't like new information. Um, but you just didn't know how badly they affected other people or, you know, how they affected other people. So do you think, how do you think this is going to change your behavior going forward? I think it's going to make me communicate more. My guess is that a lot of the negativity is stuff that I have done and then not talked about or just, had, or just conversations not had um, because, frankly, they're, like, terrifying conversations to have. Uh, and... Or, or I've had them inappropriately or whatever. Like, looking back, there's one breakup that I handled well. I mean, I haven't had that many, but just one that I've handled well. Um, we both handled it well. And so I think in the future, I'm going to, like, just, I, I just have to suck it up and have these conversations. Could you give me some specifics about what a good breakup looks like and what a bad breakup looks like? Um... I mean, a bad breakup is one where you don't talk anymore, right? It's Meaning, one of those things where yeah. you start you start the relationship like, hey, no matter what, we're going to be friends, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then it ends and you're not. 
Like that sucks, right? And a good one is like one where you recognize that your paths are different, but that doesn't mean that you can't still be friends or can't still communicate and stuff like that. If there was a site for women, how would this be? Di- would would it change the game for you? Would you feel better about this app because women would also have the same experience? I don't think I'd review anyone. On. I mean, one thing is that like every person's experience of another person is totally subjective. You know, you share different parts of your personality with different people, and for the people who write that I'm a total fucking dickhead, there were times when I was. But in the same way that I wouldn't go online and review someone based on a small slice of them, being a total fucking dickhead is not, you know, fully me. Everyone has those moments, or at least, God, I think everyone does. Um, Yeah, people, while we're, like, while we're figuring out who we are, I think that there's a lot of, like, wreckage that comes from that process. Yes, that is a very generous way of putting it. Yes, that is true. Um, That is true. And we get hurt, and we hurt other people, but the question is, should it last in a review app? (sighs) I don't know. I mean... The, the title of my post was like, why I'm not taking these reviews down. Then in parentheses it said, for now. And I knew that people would, would you know, review more. Um, but I still don't think I'm going to take it down. You know, because what's the point, really? People think that stuff. It's not my taking my Lulu page down isn't going to change people's opinion. Um, I tried to ask this question before, and I think I still kind of need it in there, which is this idea of what is your, your life as a single man or whatever degree of single you are right now, look like? Like, are you a, are you a player? Are you a night, Are you looking for a relationship? Are you not looking for a relationship? What's the anatomy of your single life? I would never describe myself as a player. I, don't, I, I mean, I guess guys would in general, but I wouldn't. Um, I don't know. I can't talk for other guys. Um, it's a question of, it's, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how I would describe it either. I think it's like an impossible question, but I also feel like, how would you describe your single anatomy right now? Wow, that really came out wrong, huh? Let me try that again. <laughs> I'm 5'2". Yeah. I have long brown hair. <laughs> um, no. Um, your dating life anatomy. Now I'm in a new place where I want someone more than I, who I can just tolerate. I want life to get easier. I don't want to be single anymore. I think I don't, I don't want to put numbers to anything because I think numbers would be weird. But I think that... If I meet someone who I can more than tolerate, I'm very quick to try to figure out if there's something there. And I and I put a lot of effort into that process. So as opposed to just like, I'm going to date this person because I can take them for tomorrow. You're like, what's it going to look like 10 years from now? And if it's good, I'll keep dating them. And if it's not, I'm out. Um, I think I'm there now. Yeah, it's a stupid place to be and my friends hate it. Like my friends are making fun of me for it right Why? now. Why? Um, because being proactive about dating, I think, is really shunned in this moment. So I'm kind of actively looking to partner up, which, for example, I, um, I met a guy on OkCupid. We were texting. He, t- he said on OkCupid that he had three kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you don't, they're not, those aren't real kids, right? He's like, no, no, they're my tortoises. So then when we were getting ready to hang out, I was like, okay, how about Saturday at 1? Also bring your tortoises. And he was like, yeah, no, it's really cold. I can't bring them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. I was just joking. But um, anyways, I need to meet them right away. And uh, they have to call me mom. 
and he was like, uh, I, I don't think they, they, they're going to be cool with that. And then I said, this is over. If you don't find that joke funny, there's nothing that's going to ever happen here. You don't find that joke funny. If you, like, are so afraid of me making a mom joke about your turtles, then there's nothing here. Yeah. It's over. I ended it before ever meeting him because he didn't get my joke. That's how, that's how like, cutthroat I am right now. This was all on text? It's all on text. And yeah. you, ne- you never even heard his voice? No. Um... Are you are you looking for companionship? Or are you looking for um, for hookups? Companionship. And do you think you make good choices when it comes to choosing the women that you're going to date, or do you think you don't? Okay, so I'm going to answer your question this way. I don't feel like I make choices. I'm not like I'm going to choose to be attracted to this person. It just happens. So I don't. I don't. That, I don't feel like I could make good or bad choices if that makes sense how quick are you to know when something's not right and communicate that so this is actually something that i'm have been getting better at he said with an eye roll um it used to take me far too long to the detriment of whoever i was with and that was wrong um and now it, it, I'm much better about it, um, as are the girls who, you know, do the same to me. I think dating gets way better as we get older for exactly that reason. Yeah. I think when you're young, you're like, you don't know anything. You don't know that other people are going through the same thing that you are. You don't know that, like, this shit is complicated or really simple, if the case may be, however, you know, like, can be complicated. Um you really don't know. And, you you know, one mistake I made when I was really young, when I was younger and dating was that I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't, you know, like friends, family, nothing. I just kept it all to myself. Um, and then I had a moment once in college where I went to one of my professors, believe it or not. And it was like, John, I need your help. <laughs> it was like, you know, 10 p.m. He'd already gone to sleep because professors go to sleep early in Boston. And I was like, John, I need your help. It's about a girl, you know. Um, and that was like a moment when I finally started talking to people about it. And that helps a lot. Because then people are just like, what you're going through is very common. Everybody goes through this. And like, you don't really realize it at the time until someone tells you that, you know what, I went through the same thing that you did. And that's helpful. What advice would you give to undergraduate men who are going experiencing getting their first Lulu reviews, who are setting themselves up to get some Lulu reviews. What would you say to guys who are starting out their dating life in a culture where Lulu is more popular? Just try and be good to people. And if you screw up, which you will, recognize that and apologize. Don't just, you know, let it go, which I've done. Since our chat, George now has 20 reviews. To further hash out my conversation with George, I'm bringing in dating advice expert Holly Wood. Uh, You just finished listening to that last piece with everyone. What do you think? Oh, I think it's fantastic. The kind of self-awareness that Lulu makes men have. Did we expect it to do that? 
I don't know how you couldn't. Um, I, 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 it's funny. It's funny when I found out about Lulu. Obviously, I posted immediately about it on Facebook, and all my guy friends were like, "What am I on? What What are people saying about me on Lulu?" And I was like, "Now you care what people say about you on Lulu. Like now you care how women think of you. Women are just hyper aware. They're always afraid that people are talking about them. It's not even an issue for them to have something like Lulu exist because they're just." already thinking that guys are talking about them. Men are privileged in that way. Um, that is the, sort of the definition of male privilege, is that they were raised to not organize and structure their lives around how women are evaluating them. My conversation with George started off really lighthearted, like, ha ha ha, look at all these hashtags. And then it just turned and we got, we went to a really dark place together. I mean, I think it's fascinating that you, you described it as dark. And I, I and I listened to it, and I didn't think it was dark at all. I thought it was just deeply human, that you and he were having a deeply human moment that men and women aren't expected to have with one another ever. And I, it's funny because it's like, you're oh, that's dark. I'm like, no, that's how human beings are probably supposed to talk to one another. Uh, like, you should probably be pretty open about your feelings. You should be aware that if you've hurt other people, that you have that in the back of your mind, that you've done that. Um, and that other people have probably had that done to them. And they've probably also done it to each other. The fact that we kind of tiptoe around it all the time uh, as adults and pretend that we never had the scars of dating for the past, what, how many years? Ten years? Uh, is fascinating to me that we put so much pretense and layers and layers of um, obscurity onto that. as We're pretending this never happened. But when, in fact, you are who you are because you went through all that crap. And that is exactly what he's saying. He's like, hashtag developing human, period. And that sounded like the kind of what both of you are in that place where you are hashtag developing human and you're not hiding it. I mean, you're definitely not hiding it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, in the interview before this one, I spoke with um, Randy. He's becoming a regular on the show. He was on. Thank last God. Week. Love Randy. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> and he told me that he. He actually told me for the first time that he sees a sex worker regularly. He'll go to the movies with her because he hates going to the movies alone. And he actually pays her hourly rate to go see movies like 12 Years a Slave. And then they go back to his apartment and do it. But he also get the movie out of it. Um, I was wondering what your take is on people who use um, sex workers for companionship as well as uh, fulfilling intimate needs. Okay, that's fascinating. So I actually have a colleague at Harvard um, who studied escort services. And one of the things that she was finding, I, I know she hasn't written about this yet, but it's something that's like percolating in the back of her mind, is the ubiquitousness of men using escort services for non-sexual services. Um, so what she describes it as is the girlfriend experience. And what it is is these guys are literally booking escorts to provide companionship because for whatever reason, they're not finding it in their day-to-day -day lives or they can't find it. Or a lot of the guys are married and looking for the girlfriend experience. And that includes things like going to the movies, cuddling, um, getting ice cream cones, uh, things that people are actually paying escort services for. And so some of these women, some women on escort sites say specifically they never do any sexual things whatsoever. They only provide the girlfriend experience, which is literally the definition of escort. Um. Oh my gosh. I wonder how much I would pay a guy to go to the laundromat with me and like drink a chai soy latte and talk about our weeks. 
I wonder how much I would pay for that service. How much would you pay, Andrea? <laughs> I really think I would. I think I would pay for that if he was like handsome and interesting. I think, I think you have the topic for your next show: is finding a male escort that will go have chai, soy chai lattes with you at the laundromat, like I mean, with Andrea. It's just lonely, and there's so much to observe, and you have this like prescribed downtime together. Oh, so after uh, our conversation with George, we're moving on to talk to my other friend Dave, who is also a single man. And what he's about to start off our interview by saying is that he is sick of women using him for sex. That he has more to offer than that. Uh, is, do you think this is a common thing amongst men in their late 20s? Oh, this, is, this is a fantastic question. Um, and because it comes up a lot, actually, more than you'd think. And I've talked to women about it. And women say, uh, pretty point blank, if they don't see a relationship going anywhere with a guy, they have sex with him on the first date. If they think the relationship is going somewhere... They don't have sex with him on the first date. Uh, and this is like totally counterintuitive to what men think. They're like, oh, this is going great. We're having sex on the first date. And then never hear from her ever again. <laughs> like, it totally makes no sense. And I'm, and that's what I'm always wondering with these guys that say things like, I'm being used for sex. Uh, are you having sex on the first date? If so, it's a bad sign, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me, Holly. No worries. I love your show. Oh, you're the best. Um, now we're going to go straight to my long-haired friend, Dave. I feel like looking back, a lot of my relationships, either serious or not, have really been, I feel like I've been used for physical means. That's something that all girls realize that they can get from me. And I don't, not really, like, it's, it was a cool idea when I was like 18, but like, now I don't, it doesn't appeal to me really like I want somebody to respect me. <laughs> um, times are changing, people. I have a man in the studio who says, women, stop using me yeah. for sex. Just stop. Back away. Well, don't stop, but definitely don't make that be your only purpose, you know? <laughs> like, I'll be, like, I'm happy to have sex with women, but... Don't just use me for that <laughs> and manipulate me. <laughs> so that's Dave. He has this awesome stoner laugh that he uses like a period. Over on Lulu, they say he hashtag believes in love, has hashtag work ethic, and hashtag great hair. It is super long and like spiral curls. He engineers live sessions here at WFMU. Might be parallel to why my love life is so terrible. I think the two are somehow related. <laughs> um all right so i was dating this girl she plays in a band that used to practice at my studio and i met her that way and like i tend to sometimes date girls that that i meet that way and then i just lose clients it's bad for business <laughs> because she's not paying for sessions anymore or? yeah you can't come back now <laughs> dump me and then try to come back to my studio like she was really pretty in retrospect, I realized I had a lot to do with it. She had like long, dark hair and like, you know, a nice body and big eyes and cute face and a nice smile. Brunette, yeah. We dated for a couple of months and it was nice. And then we went on, planned a little trip to Cape May over the summer. It was the first time I ever went on like a weekend trip with a girl, you know? It seems like kind of like a little daunting. For the couple of weeks leading up to that, um, you know, I was getting that feeling 
that she was going to be breaking up with me at some point <laughs> kind of soon. <laughs> I was like, whatever. Usually when I see that coming, what I'll try to do is like go out to dinner and like have her pay and stuff and think I'll get you next time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like get some couple free meals and stuff. But like I didn't want to accept in this relationship, I didn't want to accept that it was ending because I really liked her. Uh, so I didn't do that normal stuff that I do. So we went on this trip and it was fun and we had a good time. It was really like coupley, which isn't really so much what I, the normal kind of thing that I would do, but we, uh, a little motel room, you know, went out to eat and stuff and hung out and drank tequila and, uh, rode bikes around, you know, summer went to the beach. It was fun, but, uh, yeah, just that distance. <laughs> that distance was there. I could feel it. <laughs> we drove back. Like, I drove her car back to her place where my car had been waiting. And, uh, like, as soon as we got back, <laughs> she broke up with me. Like, literally, as soon, like, five minutes, maybe. I had to, like, make a couple work calls. And then, like, instantly, I was like, man, she was just waiting that whole time <laughs> to do that. That trip must have been terrible for her. <laughs> and then... She left her apartment. She was like, I got to get out of here. And she left her apartment. I was just in her apartment by myself. And it was really weird. And like, I kind of wanted to like, you know, steal something, you know, like do something. <laughs> but like, obviously I didn't. And what, I, it, what, it, what would you take? Let's just go back in that hmm. room right now. She didn't really have anything good either. That's another thing. Like she didn't have that great taste. Like, I don't even know why we dated at this Tear point. Pair of panties. No? Nah, I'm the, I, I wouldn't want to like you know, cry into her panties, you know, <laughs> like, take her panties home and cry into them. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really like, I don't really like, uh, moment. I mean, I, I hold on to mementos at first, you know, but then as soon as like I'm over it, I don't ever look at that stuff again until like years later when I just happen to see it. I'm like, Oh, cool. That was fun, but I don't care anymore. Did you ever think about like playing the game back and also acting distant? Do you think if you had suddenly turned on her that she would have gained interest back? I think it was probably too late at that point. And I can I'm not good at at being distant. I feel like I tend to be a very engaging person. And so I'll be distant at first because like, you know, girls don't like when you pay too much attention to them. <laughs> or if you're too into them, they think there's something wrong with you, at least from what I've gathered. So then they and eventually they realize that you know that there is something wrong with you once you open up to them. <laughs> but at first you got to pretend there's not. <laughs> I think I've been in the car t- like with two different dudes after a weekend getaway where I've been driving home and thinking, "Oh man, this is over," and I can just tell it's yeah. over. But I don't do it the moment we get back. I'll like wait a week right. and be polite. Yeah. So would you prefer that she waited a week or do do you prefer that she just like, you know, got it over with? I guess, you know, once it's over, it's over. There's no sense in dragging it out. Um, Although we did drag it out. Like after we broke up, she like called me and like we went out to eat like a week later. and It was all weird. Uh, You know, (laughs) stuff that I know I should like if if this was my friend telling me that he was going to be doing this, I'd be like, come on, man. Like just come. But, you know, when it's yourself, it's hard to step out of it. I like companionship and I think life is hard and. You know, I try really hard to, like, get through life, and it's hard to do it by yourself. It's nice to have somebody, you know, that you can relate to that cares about you. I don't know. I guess not everybody needs it. I don't need it. Like, I, you know, if you think about how much time you spend in your life, I don't know how often you're in relationships, but I'll be in, like, maybe kind of a serious relationship once or twice a year for, like, a couple or a few months, and then, like, in between just, like, friends here and there, nothing, like, very serious. So I spend most of my time single, and so I'm 
good at it. You know, I've gotten through my life being single, but it's like, it's nice when you have somebody like, ah, oh, just some relief. You know, you can go like, ah, oh, the day's over and go, you know, get a nice massage or something from somebody that wants you back to feel better, you know? <laughs> so that's nice. But yeah, I guess that's, that's why. I don't know. Why do you, what are you looking for? Yeah. Well, I was wondering <laughs> that too. Like, um, I agree that it's like harder to be single. It's harder. If I'm invited to a party, you know, I'm picturing my, if I have a date, it's just so much easier to walk in. I yeah. can't describe it. Like, you just know you're going to have a buddy who you can talk about the party with after the party ends. Also, I have this moment sometimes where I'm, like, carrying a, a heavy bag and I get home and I'm like, oh, I wish someone else was here to help me carry this yeah. bag. Then I could, like, <laughs> they would open the door for me yeah. and then I could carry the bag up. But instead, I have to put the bag down, take out my keys. Just like yeah. these, like, or, like hold it in your teeth or something. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have help. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I just need another set of hands. Yeah, sometimes. just somebody. For all things, exactly. all these things I need hands for that aren't mine. So. Yeah. <sighs> but I don't need it. Need it. Well, you never want to say you need another person. You know, because you don't need another person. Like, like we were just saying, like we're both getting by, but like it's just nice. You know, like it's okay to allow yourself that. You know. <laughs> Here's a song from Dave's band, Trash Ride. Some personal question. Yeah, sure. Are you a virgin? <laughs> I was going to ask you the same thing, but now I know the answer. Um, I have no idea. You have no idea. I'm not, I'm not a mind reader. Will Are you, you a virgin? Will you still think I'm a good person if I say no? Yeah, I think you're a better person. I respect virgins. No, no. If I say I'm not a virgin, is that okay? Oh, is that you're okay? not a virgin. <laughs> well, You'll still I mean, have interest in talking like, to me. You'd be like every other woman in the city, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a virgin. I'm a 28-year-old woman. <laughs> okay. I know t- plenty of 28-year-old women who are virgins, believe me. So Are they part I of some weird church? <sighs> no. They're, um, they just have self-respect. 